Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. In my lifetime, there's been a total of a number of popes that uh, I've learned from. Uh, I was born at the time when Pope John XXIII was uh, in his pontificate. And then I moved into Pope Paul VI, and towards the last years of his life, that's when I entered the seminary. And for most of my, well, all through my seminaries, and a lot of, big portion of my priesthood was John Paul II, followed by Benedict XVI, and of course now we have Pope Francis. One of the things I wanted you to understand is that from each pope, there are significant writings and teachings that are very beautiful, that really speak well of our long tradition of our faith, of who Jesus Christ is, and much to learn from those teachings. And sometimes we might receive it with great joy because it really affirms what we've been taught or we believe. Other times we might struggle with it to say, where is this coming from? Why would they ever say such thing? I don't know if I could ever accept that. And that happens with every pope, including our current pope today, Pope Francis. That's why I chose to read one of his books called, um, about him, was uh, called The Wounded Shepherd, Pope Francis's journey to convert the Catholic Church. And really, it's just the story of his whole life, but also what he's dealt with in his pontificate in terms of being able to lead the church and to set down a vision and the mission for him. One of the things we learn is that there are both extremes where people feel that he's not moving fast enough, he's not changing enough church teachings, where on the other side you have people that say he's causing confusion and he's not being strict with or more interpretive of things of doctrine that are already there. So sometimes I think that's a sign of a good leader that neither side's totally happy with you. But I want to let you know that in that book, I really learned more about Francis. Always knew it was there, but it reaffirmed how he sees God's mercy, how he sees the role of the church of encountering, being compassionate, but more importantly, that every person, no matter who they are, has access to Jesus, that has access to God. And part of the mission that anyone who understands and takes seriously the writings or teachings of Pope Francis, it's this, that barriers are meant to be removed so that the grace of God can work in every person's life, no matter what state of mind they're in, no matter what state of life they are. God is always with them. And so I finished that book, and that's kind of what I've understood. Then I love what Pope Francis talks about. It's something that I would agree with and something that I try to envision in my priesthood and in my pastorate here at St. Patrick's, that access to God is available for everyone, and God does the work of conversion and of healing. In today's scriptures, we see about access with God. The background to the whole Old Testament speaks of the ancient world where Jews and even the pagans would have a worship of the temple or of a sacred place. Their access to God was found in a special place where there would be sacrificial offerings of animals 
place to God for the Jews and for the pagans, their own personal gods as well. And so that gives them access, but also gives them a relationship of worshiping and also the benefits that a god would offer. The Jews did this for a long time, but the thing is is that prophets would challenge them at different parts of their history because they would become lax in their worship at the temple. They would not put their hearts in it. They didn't take it seriously. And they didn't even follow the covenant. Their ethical and moral behaviors had nothing to do with the acts of the temple. And so prophets had to keep reminding the Jewish people, be authentic worshipers. That is the way that we have access to God, that God opens up his life to us when we are faithful to that behavior. And for the Jews and for us, faithfulness to the covenant, that eternal covenant. Jesus again talks in today's gospel here about access to God, and it's done through the temple. Why does Jesus get all upset? Well, part of that is that when sacrificial animals are offered at the temple, people would have to come with money, and money from the government had pagan idols. And so it made sense not to have that coinage inside that sacredness of space of the temple. That's not right. And so money changers were given outside of the temple there that they would make exchanges. Over time, the money changers then would make more money, become greedy, and do things that were not ethical or proper. But also, the poor had a difficult time in getting the animals and getting things that were meant for good, perfect sacrifice as well. So many of them are excluded. So when Jesus is angry, And we see that quite clearly, and we use this so often to say, yeah, Jesus got angry. Guess it's not that bad of a sin. Well, it can be, but for just anger, as it's called with Jesus, he overturns the tables, and he's upset. Now, some people kind of think it and saying, well, we shouldn't have credit card machines inside churches. Sometimes even church leaders can make money more important than the gospel, and that does happen, but not everywhere. That money is necessary to help to do the mission and to act justly in the front of God. What Jesus is angry about is the lack of access that people have. That people are denied the access to God. And structures are put up that are not just, that are not right, but that keep certain people away. That's very central to today's gospel. The access that Jesus wants all people to have. Because sometimes even religion can make it difficult for people to have that access. So during this season of Lent, you and I probably can't change structures of institutions, of church or government or, you know, anything that's out there of an institution. Maybe we can work on that, but we may not see the benefits right away. But we can work on our own lives and in our own hearts. What kind of access are we providing people to God, with you and I being a vessel. Some of the things we need to be sure that we avoid is, first of all, harsh judgment. That we come across so judgmental in a way that is very harsh, not compassionate, not being able to acknowledge where people are at. And what happens is the judgment that looks down on people, belittles them, 
tells them and reminds them always of their mistakes and never looks beyond that and looks down on them, we create walls. Walls and barriers that say, you're not acceptable to be inside here. We even judge in ways for God, in incorrect ways of saying, you're not living right, so you are denied things of God. God is not even listening to you. God doesn't even love you anymore until you change your life, and then God will love you. That's called legalism. That's called rigidity. And we have to be sure we avoid that. Are you and I sometimes so judgmental to people that we just look down on them? That we question, how could God ever love them? or work in their lives? How can that person ever change because they've always been that way? That's why during Lent we're asked then to be sure that we remove the walls of harsh judgment. How about supporting policies and laws and functions that really are cruel to people and we're indifferent to the suffering that is caused? Good laws are necessary. And sometimes some of the bad laws have to be worked on and we see the consequences only after the laws are passed. Laws are necessary, but never should laws ever be good or accepted because it causes suffering, inhumane suffering, cruelty to families and other people. And we just remain indifferent to say, well, I move on with my life. That's what they get for what they're doing. And you know what? They cause that themselves. What kind of teaching does Jesus ever teach to say, you caused your own suffering, so you got to live with it? We call that tough love. We like giving tough love to other people, but when it comes to ourselves, we don't want tough love, and we don't listen to it. But a love for supporting policies that say, okay, here's the law of the land, but how do we make sure that it doesn't wound people unnecessarily, cause more anger or hatred. That even can happen in church when some people take over the laws then that just really are hurting people and you become blind to it. That the people walk away suffering where they should be getting healing and having access to God. We make these barriers then to be able to say we're indifferent to the consequences of policies or laws. And we just say, that's the law, deal with it. It comes from God. We're not changing it for you. It doesn't mean we don't respect law. But what it means is that we always know that law needs to protect people. When I took canon law years ago, that's part of the church teaching and all, I had a great professor, Tom, uh, Father Tom Brokas and a, a Benedictine. And one of the things I always remember about church law, he says, canon law is always in favor of the faithful. I'm glad I was taught that. That canon law is always for the protection of the rights of people, but the rights mean that they belong, that they have access to God. And I think Pope Francis would really say that in his vision. Also, how about relationships? Pope Francis always talks about because of the scriptures, because what Jesus teaches is that we have encounters, that the church cannot just be looking inward in its own liturgies, in its own laws, that it really the word mass, misa, means to be sent out, and that parishes are alive and growing when it just enters in the community and journeys with people and walks with them. This fancy church word they use is called accompaniment. 
Accompaniment doesn't mean that you just accept any lifestyle, any way of living, any thought. Because it always comes down to the person, that they are loved by God. And they should be loved by God's followers. I always love that bumper sticker. It's very sad, but true. Lord, save me from your followers. Some of the followers are not very loving and not very compassionate. And we have to encounter people where they're at. And we walk with them. One of the things that Pope Francis reminds us about is that grace comes from God. Grace is that gift that comes from God to help every person change their lives, change their heart, change their behaviors. He says, Part of the problem is is that some people who are so rigid, they think that human will should do it on their own, that it's so great, that first of all, I should be in charge and I should make all the changes in my life necessary, and then I have the ability to participate and have access to God. Most people are weak in different areas, and most people need that grace, and that's what Scripture clearly teaches. And so, rather than having the attitude that it's all based on us, that free will, human will rather, is more important than grace, grace is just added on later, just to help us out, we kind of depend totally on ourselves, and that doesn't always work for everyone. That grace is that gift that can help anyone change at any time, and it's free. I always find the best part of my priesthood is just stay out of the way and let God do what he does best. Rather than judge people, rather than deny him access, rather than belittle him or disrespecting them. I've kind of tried to learn to be able to say, let God work. And you know, he always does that. People always come back. I always love telling the story. This was when I was a young priest, first started. And I remember this young couple didn't take marriage preparation very seriously. And I thought, oh, I remember writing a note on there saying, ah, they're never going to make it. You know, that they're not taking this seriously. There's no way they're going to make it. Well, many years ago in the narthex here, and this was at another parish, but when I was here at St. Patrick's, this couple came up and said hi, and they said, do you remember us? And they explained who they were. I said, holy cow, we're still married, and we have five children, and we're doing great. You know, if they had listened to me, maybe they would have never gotten married. And sometimes it's just good to let God do what he does best. Let his grace work. I've learned that over and over because sometimes I forget that. And so Pope Francis, in his book, Wounded Shepherd, teaches us a vision that not everybody understands or likes or label it scary or whatever term they want to put on it. And all Pope Francis is reminding us, like the popes beforehand, with some of their beautiful writings, all have access to God. God is merciful. And God wants us to overturn not just tables, but structures, and institutions, including church and government and other things, that deny people access. The anger isn't that credit cards were allowed in church buildings. The anger is is that people developed ways of being that told people there's a wall, you can't have access to God unless these things are fulfilled. That's not who God is. And not any pope since my lifetime, from John 23rd to Pope Francis, ever taught that. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 